Good morning, it's Paul Jones with Bootleggers Music Group and Bootleggers Music Group Radio. Coming to you live from the Bootleggers Studio Worldwide Headquarters on Race Road in Cincinnati, Ohio. Right next to Ron's Roost and the closed Steak and Shake. Clucking chicken and no hamburgers. That's where I'm stuck in the middle and I'm on with Roger Tiny Coors this morning. Uh, It is 8.58 a.m. I'm going to... Uh, spin a little bit of a promo here real fast and I'll be back with Roger Tiny Coors in a minute and 30 seconds. Here you go. Hey, it's Paul Jones with the Bootleggers Music Group. Have you been looking for something to buy for someone you love for this holiday season, this Christmas? Well, look no further than go to bootleggersmusicgroup.com click on buy stuff and yes, you can buy and own or give away a bootlegger's hat, a t-shirt, a dry fit shirt. And if you buy something like that, I'll send you a koozie. That's right, a koozie. Think of it like this. You give somebody a shirt, they get a koozie. You give somebody a koozie, you keep the shirt. They're none the wiser. They don't know what took place. Either way, you get a shirt, a hat, a hat and a shirt, two shirts and a hat, maybe a dry fit, maybe three dry fits and two shirts and one hat. And you get a koozie. I just like knowing that I can give people a koozie. And you can do with that koozie as you see fit. So... Go to our website, bootleggersmusicgroup.com, click on Buy Stuff, and you'll get a koozie. <laughs> and that was our koozie commercial. And Roger Tiny Coors has joined me. Mr. Roger Tiny Coors, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. You don't, you, <laughs> you don't appear as grumpy as you do when we play. So, I am even grumpier. <laughs> well, as uh, as you guys, I just know, want to say off the right off the bat, uh, I played a gig at Ron's Chicken Roost. <laughs> Chicken Roost. That's that's, <laughs> that's the uh, that's the first place uh, we played. That's it. That's One of the first ones, yeah. I think it was the first. We never what? We never played anything together. I don't think. I, I we. Uh, uh, yeah, that was a that was a funny thing. We had Brother Wayne there on the on the congas, and uh, and you and I. I believe that was the first time, Roger. We did not not ever play together. So there you go. <laughs> That's <laughs> nothing like a yardbird shack, you know. Man, I'm telling you what. So for those of you who uh, do not know, Roger Tiny Coors is. Uh, uh, the official uh, bass player of the bootleggers. Uh, and, uh, of course, we have got Steve Schmidt uh, as well. Uh, but uh, Roger uh, has been playing the bass. Um, how long now? What's it been? Uh, you know, I think I really seriously started playing bass probably in, around when I was 18. Okay. So, and I'm not going to tell you how, how old I am. I already know how old you are. I've counted the rings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I counted the rings. So, <laughs> I think you're uh, 42. 
But yeah, unfortunately. And when you when you watch this uh, when you watch this on uh, when we put the video up, uh, he's all bootlegged out. He's got his bootleggers T-shirt on. He's got a bootleggers hat on, and yeah. uh, I believe he's uh, got uh, probably some booze next to him. It's my bootlegger ensemble. <laughs> oh my God! So Roger Tiny Cores, um, I'm going to say a couple things here. Was definitely sent by God to the bootleggers. Um, met him one night. You were playing with uh, uh, Heather. You were playing with Heather. Heather Roush, right? Right. Yes. Very talented. Roger is the bass player for Heather. And uh, something told me while I was sitting there, he was playing upright bass, electric upright bass. And uh, I, I, something told me to give you a card. And um, I want to kind of focus on uh, your career, though, because and then we'll go back to this. But for those who don't know, you're you really, truly are uh, a legendary bass player. Do you feel that? <laughs> what you you are? Uh, I don't know about that, but I've been playing a long time. If that helps. Well, I want to explain that, and I've told you this story. When I sent Mooch Jones the track to play for us in North Carolina, and he recognized your bass without even knowing you were on the track, and said, "Is that Roger Tiny Cores?" That speaks volumes to me, and I, I think you should be pretty daggone proud of that. No, God bless the Mooch. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's a nice guy. Um, I don't know. I, I just think that, that was the craziest thing I've ever had happen, that somebody yeah. could just say that was Roger Tiny Cores. But you've been playing, um, what was your what was your first gig? Uh, my first gig was with my dad. My dad was a jazz guitarist. And I guess when I was, I don't know, I'm guessing, I, I can't really remember how old I was, maybe between 8 and 11, he taught me a couple melodies on a guitar and he would take me to church socials and set me up on a piano and I'd play the melody to strangers on the shore or days of wine and roses. And he would play the, you know, big jazz chords behind me, but I didn't really know what I was doing. I was, you know, it was almost like a trained monkey act, you know, but that's probably the first gig I ever did, you know, Yeah. Did, did in you, front of people. Did you, did you play with your father a lot? And that probably didn't sound right. Um, um, yeah, I used to, when I started playing bass, he, he, uh, he, he had played every, he worked for Western electric as a department chief, but he came from New York and was a musician. And as long as I remember when I was a kid, he played every weekend, went out and played country clubs or restaurants or hotel gigs. Back in those days, there was a lot of hotel gigs, you know, and restaurant gigs. <clears throat> so I would, um, probably when I was in my late teens, go and play some of these country club uh, gigs with him on bass, you know. Um, and I was terrible. I didn't know what I was doing, but <laughs> it was a good experience, you know. Um, and he helped me out a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, it, it's really cool that you had that opportunity. Now, when we, when I was a kid, my uh, family, we had like a little family band. You know, my dad, I think we, I, we've talked about my father was on Midwestern Hayride and um, yeah, my aunt, my and all that, and uh, but we played. Uh, we had this little family band, and my dad would drag us to nursing homes and stuff like that to play. Yeah, but, but yeah, I was little. I was playing bongos. I was you know five years old. Yeah, 
and I never had as as I grew up. My father got out of music, and I played with my uncles a lot when I was eleven. You know, playing jazz and stuff on the drums. I never had a chance to share a stage with my father, and I, I that's uh, so you got a really cool memory there. Yeah, in later years, and um, and that was a whole different ball game too, because back in those days in the forties and the fifties you know the the kind of stuff that he played in his little combos is which we called them back then um and his combos usually were upright bass guitar accordion a jazz accordion player and never drums that i remember uh and they played the pop standards of the day you know which was like a lot of movie themes like moon river days wine and roses laura's theme that was a song of the day <clears throat> and then later rock in the early 60s late 50s when rock and roll came in you know those guys hated it they yeah. hated rock and roll. my yeah. dad was not a fan of that because you know he they wanted to play jazz right. and they were getting knocked out of work and uh, so there was a little bit of a conflict between me and him because i was a young kid and that's what i was drawn to was rock and roll right um, I remember going to those country club gigs and, you know, when somebody wanted him to play Proud Mary or Joy to the World, they would just, you know, <laughs> cringe. And then they'd throw in all these jazz changes and I would go, that ain't how the song goes, you know. But um, it's, like, it's like you sent me Pat Boone singing, uh, what, what was that? Bebop Luwop. Yeah. He was a uh, Pat, um, Pat Boone. Yeah. But in later years, uh, he would come when I was in bands. He would come and sit in with the band wow. and play guitar. And uh, he didn't know, know the songs, but he could play anything. He could sit in and play anything, you know. Yeah. So, well, that's uh, yeah, I got to I got to be on stage with him pretty much. Not enough, but enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, those those got to be great uh, memories, and and certainly that's where you uh, you know that starting to be able to because you can just jump in anywhere. I tell everybody it, it doesn't matter what the song is if I'm if, I, if I'm playing a different song you know, in a different key you, you just jump in you just play that's the beautiful part yeah you know and uh, that's a train that's an art you know for your ears yeah it, it, it's a playing by ear is is the most uh, advantageous thing I think as a musician you could do I mean I I I appreciate people that read. I can read a, a little bit, but then like Jocko said, you know, you either read or you don't, but mm -hmm. I can read, but I never have been in a, except for a couple times, been in a situation where I had to, it's always learning stuff by ear and training your ear that way. So mm -hmm. uh, well, going back to, you know, the first night that we played, I brought my book. Uh, I think I may have sent you a list of songs, you know, like what kind of songs do you play, Paul? And uh, you just, it was just magical to me the way you just lean back and listen. And then I watch, you know, your volume comes up a little bit more and a little bit more. And then boom, you're playing the song. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you capo guitar players. Uh, <laughs> you never, you, you get, you go, I'm on, I'm playing a G chord. Well, no, you're not. <laughs> well, for but those... yeah, I think, you know. It's all about listening, you know that you do the same thing. So, uh, well, I, I, yeah, I, I can do it. I just have no clue that I'm doing it. I, I think that's you don't have to really know the terminology and stuff. As long as you hear it and can play it, that's 
the only thing that's good about having some knowledge of stuff is just for communication's sake. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a language that you can speak to other musicians, but at the same time, you can communicate it through your playing. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it definitely is a lot of fun. It makes it fun, and I mean, we're we're very blessed. I mean, you know, the people, you know, like Danny Kaiser. Um, you know, Danny's just jumped in there. He's you know, playing yeah. electric guitar, and he just jumps in, and then of course you and whether it's you and Larry or you and Wayne, you know, Wayne on drums or Larry on drums, uh, you just, I think we got a good group, a good core group of people, uh, that we've, uh, yeah, I've, I mean, we've always seemed like it's been easy to play together with whoever's been in the situation. So yeah. that's a big thing right there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think, the, uh, I was talking to somebody the other night after we got done playing, we played uh, a private party at, uh, uh out at Great Wolf Lodge, and I was talking to somebody, and they said it just looked like you guys were just having a blast. And I'm like, well, you know, I I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I'm glad they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, and you just, you know, I, like I said, you uh, you knew you just did it without any uh, material in front of you. That was cool, you yeah, know. Yeah, well, I've been so, trying, man. It's 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 so yeah. funny, you know. The I think I told you I've been playing those songs forever yeah and i guess somehow someone well when i used to play those songs i was the drummer so i was a a, i didn't need to know any chords i didn't need to know anything and uh so i'm trying to wean myself off of that uh as as best as i can Uh, but and you're doing great that's a that's a big thing to me you know yeah well it always amazes me that people like you said, have been playing songs for years and years and years, and they still have to look at something, you know, if you took it away from them, they could do it. They just, it's a crutch, you know, it's a comfort zone, I think. And I understand it, but you know, be good to get away from as much as you can too. Yeah. Well, I'll get there eventually, uh, you know, and, uh, if uh, in the, in the meantime, I know that, uh, I can just, stop strumming my guitar and pretend like I know the words and make them up as I go along. <laughs> and you're good at that. I don't, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> or or pretend I'm singing in a That's different why you're language. having a good time. <laughs> or, yeah, or pretend I'm singing a song in a different language and just yeah. pray to God when I say, here's the French version, there's not somebody who speaks French there because I don't either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm talking to Roger Tiny Coors. It's 9, 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on 12, 14. It is hump day. And it's, uh, man, we're, we're already uh, halfway, through, uh, uh, halfway through this uh, month and just about out of this year. So we, uh, how many tracks have you done now with us? How many, how many have you done? I haven't counted them, but quite a few. Yeah, it's got to be in, in the 20s. I would, I would say, yeah, I would say, I, would say, probably I more, mean, probably a lot more than that. So. It seems like it, but, um, yeah, it's been fun. That's my, that's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and for those of you who don't know, we just released a, a very Roger tiny chorus Christmas album. Absolutely. And, uh, you recorded that in, uh, when? 2009, I think was when I went did that. Okay. Okay. And uh, so we released it, and uh, it's up on Spotify. It's in the app and, and all that stuff. And um, I got to ask you, because I, I haven't, but I'm going to I'm been assuming the, the answer. Um, did you play everything on that? Yeah. Like everything? 
Yeah. So you're you're a smoking guitar player too. I mean, I mean, a, a very good guitar player. Uh, well, there comes. I you know, it just depends on uh, the project that I'm doing. I, I can sit down and and get what I I'm looking for, mm -hmm. but I don't play enough to go out and play a gig. If I if I worked on a little, I could. I used to play guitar in a duo. <clears throat> I quit playing bass for about. I don't know, seven or eight years after Jocko died, I just set it down and I had a duo I was playing with and I played keys and guitar. Um, but then when I started playing bass again, I put those down, except when I record. Yeah. It's like, man, you know, it's like, you know, I can take a banjo or a mandolin and figure out a part, you know, but I'm <laughs> not going to go out and Excuse play me. a bluegrass. Game, right, 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 right. Well, you know, I was talking to, um, I was talking to, God, his name escapes me, with the uh, uh, Squirrel Nut Zippers, uh, their saxophone player. And he, during their show in Cincinnati uh, last year, he picked up, um, he picked up the uh, uh, clarinet. And yeah. And he just rips this song apart. And then when we were outside after the show, I said, uh, Man, you are just you're you just ripped that clarinet apart, and he goes, "It's the only song I know." <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. I mean, you know, yeah. He said it's the only song I know. He said nobody needs to know that's the only song I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> practice it. Well, like you know, the dude could probably play other songs. That's just the one in the show that he's worked got down to do. You know, it's part of the show. So yeah, yeah. 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 Now you play you play all over the the place with Heather right now. Uh she's doing really really well. I'd like to get her on. Uh yeah. you know, she's got yeah. a wonderful uh wonderful voice and looks like she's really coming along from that you know from the first couple times I saw her she's really starting to embrace the whole artist thing it looks like. Yeah, she's very talented vocalist and great to work for. She's not afraid to jump in there and, you know, carry gear and wrap cords and all that. You know, she's a hard worker and I really appreciate her, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun and we're doing an acoustic, either a trio or a, or a duo. She does a duo or a quartet. Um, so we got away from the band. We had, you know, when I joined, started playing with her, it was a full band. But then after COVID hit and things dropped out for a while and things started coming back, started getting just, you know, acoustic gigs. And she decided that was what she, the format she wanted to follow. Yeah. You know. Well, it's a heck of a lot easier. Well, it fits, you know, she wanted to sing the stuff that she wanted to sing. Right. Um, and so in the band situation, she was doing some stuff that was some rock and roll stuff and stuff and it was just you know she just didn't want to sing that anymore it was killing her voice and the volume and everything else so yeah. she's more into you know country and bluegrass and stuff like that so the acoustic thing's working out nicely yeah i i think uh i i love playing with a full band but man it is a it is a it's a chore i mean it's you know it's a lot of work and it just depends on who you who's involved in it you know you can make it hard or you can make it easy when we do the full band with the bootleggers it, to me it's fairly easy i mean everybody 
pulls their gear in, sets it up, and the PA that you use is easy, you know, and it's not, it's, it's not a, I'm I'm too old to carry a lot of gear. (laughs) Right, right, right. Well, I know when, uh, and and by hard, I don't mean hard because of the guys. I don't mean hard because it couldn't be any easier. Like you said, everybody loads in and and if if we've got to help, it's just, it is a lot more that, you know, everything, you got to have a little bit more of everything and make sure everything's right. And uh, uh, that drives me out, out of my mind that, uh, yeah, uh, it's tough getting a sound with a, with a band, but, uh, we all seem to listen and play well together and there's no, it's not extreme volume. That's the main thing too, that I appreciate because in volume in the speakers behind you. <laughs> well, yeah, now that does help when you, that helped me tremendously to get that thing out of my ear. <laughs> we were doing a sound check and I just, I was uh, wandering the room trying to get my range for my wireless stuff and make sure everything was sounding okay. And I, I just saw you go from grumpy to grumpy er to grumpy ist. I'm like, what's wrong? Get the get that out of my ear. I'm like, that's all you had to say, dude. <laughs> I didn't yeah, even, man. That, I didn't that even think me. about it. That speaker was right in your head. Yeah, <laughs> it was right in your head. But, but so, uh, I, got, I got chipper after that, right? You well, you always get chipper as soon as you start playing. Yeah. So the, the, you know, I, uh, you know, somebody's been around. You know, somebody's been doing it a long time. When I think you have the same feeling that I do, I don't ever get paid to play music. I get paid to oh, carry yeah. my crap in. And carry my crap out. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the hours getting there and yeah. waiting around and all that stuff that you get paid for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the music side is just the plus. That's the that's the most fun part of it. Yeah. You know, when I was on the road, I was on the road for. I mean, I've been on the road for many, many years, but the last thing that I was involved with was probably twenty five years. And a lot of heavy travel and just, you know, hours and hours to hurry up and wait. But the one, the hour and a half show was like the payoff. I mean, that was the, the, what made it all worthwhile, yeah. you know? Yeah. Without a but doubt. But the rest of the time is torture. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Without a doubt. I, I remember uh, when I was doing stand up, everybody just thought it was a, you know, when you talk to people, they think it's the greatest. Oh, you get to do all this, and you get no. I sit in my car, I eat crappy food, I sleep in hotels, and no, it's not. You know, the the hour and a half, the show part, that's fun. Being on a radio station or go do TV, that's fun. All the other stuff, no, that's what you pay for. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, or people say, "Well, you get to travel and see all these places." I, no, I don't really see anywhere. Yeah. I see inside yeah. of a van yeah. and then play a gig in a club, and I saw the arches when I went through St. Louis. But I didn't. You know. I didn't see, yeah, yeah, yeah. They think you do, and and uh, you know they'll say, "Did your family travel with you?" Does it? No, I'm not going to Disney World, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got, I got. I'm humping twenty hours to get one place, and then fifteen hours to get to the next. I, you yeah. Know, uh, as a matter of fact, it's funny. Um, I I kept track of all the cities I've been in over the years, and uh, uh, my son was taking a trip out to Alex was taking moving his buddy out to California, and I was able to put things on the maps on his route where he could get off. And I said, "Tell me what you see," because I didn't see anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. go experience these. You know, there were times where. Uh... 
you know, like when we were in Texas, <clears throat> I wanted to see the Alamo and I, and I got up, you know, way early before the rest of the band members did and took the van and went to the Alamo. <laughs> I mean, stuff, I, you know, there, yeah. you could get out and do stuff, but not that much because most time you're driving or traveling or, you know, now, but um, I love to I love to travel and see things, so that you know there, there's pluses to it too. Uh, yeah. It's just not what people think it is. No, it's not. I that's why you know you and I have had a lot of conversations about 2023 for the bootleggers. You know, the whole idea to me is play a couple times a month, um, and even you know doing three shows a month or two shows a month. Let's go to three. Three shows a month, in theory, is nine days if you're traveling. So yeah. You, that's a nine-day investment. Um, yeah. You know, especially if we go uh, beyond our, you know, tri-state area, uh, then we're going to have a problem. Um, you know, it's... Yeah, because that's going to cost hundreds. That's hundreds. <laughs> Uh, I'll just uh, I'll, I'll meet another bass player on Craigslist. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, man, the, it, go ahead. The thing is to work uh, now, and I, I, I saw this on a guy that builds bases the other day talking about playing gigs, is to play smart, take smart gigs. You know, the days of just taking anything that throws your your way. Um, not the way to do it in this day and age because we're still you know we're living in 1970 prices for musicians yeah you know unless you're in some major touring act i mean the pay has not changed at all you know yeah if anything it's gone down so you know well just the price of can, gas i mean i was well, talking, yeah, the, I was talking that, to clayton that, q uh yeah that's why he i mean he's got to be selective because exactly you know to fill that big my wife's an up. my wife is an accountant so she's preached this to me a lot and i you know i stopped and thought about it. yeah all the hours the gas and everything when i get home i really haven't made you know 20 bucks if i just take a, you know any kind of gig you know if i can take a well-paying gig one time a month and, and clear you know the majority of it, as opposed to take like a bunch of little piddling things that they're not getting me anywhere except putting wear and tear on my vehicle and my and me. Right. Um, well, so you got obviously work. you've been working a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm I'm pretty rough. Um, <laughs> you get rougher by the day, but um, you know, you just have to be a little bit smarter these days. I think, and and. Uh, if you really want to make any money at it. And that's the way I've made my living my whole life, basically. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, one thing's for sure, man, you, 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 you work your, uh, and I do want to talk about your 20 uh, years because one of the coolest parts of us meeting was to find out that you were unknown Henson's bass player. And yeah. my manager at the time, which I told you, um, was just a freak about, Unknown Henson, and if anybody uh, anybody listening has never heard of Unknown Henson, uh, go check the dude out. He was wacko. Yeah, very, very um, one of the most talented people yeah. I think that I've ever worked with. Overall, unfortunately, we didn't end well, but um, very, very one of the best guitar players you could ever ask. In, in our glory days, we had a period where we, we were pretty 
damn unstoppable. You guys were you guys um, were smoking, man. I mean, yeah, for you, a three piece band, yeah. I don't think you could have, you know, found much better. Yeah, three piece, one vocal, and just kick ass, you know. Yeah, and by uh, wacko, real fast, let me make sure I retract. I don't mean wacko as in crazy. I didn't know him, so I don't know that part. I mean his his music. Where was his head when he was writing some stuff? Well, he he was a he developed a character like no right. no different than Alice Cooper or or any of those acts, you know, uh, is just or David Bowie or whatever. He, he just created a character and the and it was a lot of comedy involved in the lyrics and stuff. I mean, he was a child of the. Uh, you know, the 60s, the English movement, uh, you know, his favorite stuff was, you know, the Who and Beatles and the Stones. And that's just like all of us are from that era. And he also was a big fan of country music. So he was very, very, he somehow took it and put it in a pot, mixed it all up and came up with a pretty cool thing. Um, yeah. How, how, how many dates were you doing? How many, when you guys were really... Uh... Uh, cooking how 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 many dates were you guys doing uh, we were when we started out we played maybe twice a year mm -hmm. for the first couple years to 10 people I mean because nobody knew what it was right or how to book it but uh, we used to come up and play Louisville for the uh, they had a I think it's WFBK has a a lunch thing a box lunch thing where a band comes in and plays in the studio and we somehow you know we developed the following um from nashville uh people that when it started out a lot of these musicians got a hold of the first recording and were passing around tour buses and going crazy about it yeah and um we'd come up and do that wfbk and it just grew yeah, I don't know how to say it was a grassroots movement and consistently going out and pounding the pavement. And then he got signed to Capitol Records on the air at WFBK. They called while we were playing on the air and signed him. Uh, and we went out to California and did a residency out there. And through that residency, we got on a tour with Hank Three and did, went out and did that and got in front of sold out crowds because of Hank three, we were just the opener, but we got the, the benefit of being placed in front of sold out venues. And then from there, we did a tour with Reverend Horton heat, same thing. Then we got asked to do a couple more tours, Reverend Horton heat. And just by doing those things and get in front of people, that's how he got to be a headliner. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, we were booked solid for, I don't know, eight or nine years you know, just pounding it. Uh, and he was very smart. We, even though, uh, he had the following he did, we never got a tour bus. We kept a van right? and being the drummer did the driving and did, you know, uh, so we were able to make good money. Yeah. We didn't have a huge overhead. Yeah. Yeah. So it was very smart the way he did. He went about it. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, once we got really established, you know, we might stay in a five-star hotel one night and uh, Red Roof Inn the next. I mean, but, you know, he always took care of us as far as accommodations and stuff. So yeah. uh, it was it was good for a while, yeah. really good. Yeah. 
It's awesome, man. I think, uh, you know, that's, that's the key. You got to just, you start small, finish big, right? You, uh, yeah. try to yeah. ne network as best as you can. I know you and I've had many conversations. I mean, that's for the past two years, it's really, and well, really the past year, that's what we've been trying to do with us is, yeah. you know, because I, I personally have no aspiration to go sit on the road and do all that. I want to produce the music that we're doing, um, try to introduce people to what we're doing because it is a little off the chart um, with the multi-genre. And if uh, and and get people to maybe be a little nicer and get a little closer to God. I, that's a, it's a very simple concept, I think, but it's very complex. And how do you get the ball rolling? <laughs> yeah, it's always it's as as always it's about getting it in front of people, yeah. getting in people's ears, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what the road work that we did. It was just getting in front of people, you know. Yeah. And and once they heard it they were fans and they would be back the next time, you know, and it's like anything. You just have to get it in front of people. Yeah. I, you know, I think that's, I, I was talking to uh, that Jackson Harden. I don't know if you listened to that interview or not, but you know, a young kid, it's so hard. And even our own Noah, you know, he's young and they need to understand you have to, you know, what, what has taken place for us over the past 11, 12 months is no accident. I mean, we got to get in front of people. You got to share yeah. the stuff. You got to, uh, Fernando was saying it the other day, if you write a song and you never release it, then you, you didn't do anything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, if it sits on a shelf and no one gets to hear it, you don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah. If it's good or not, or if it touches somebody or not. I mean, and, and that's a, you know, I think that's a, with musicians, I can, well, I can only speak for myself. I, you know, that's kind of a weird thing because sometimes you're like, I don't want it, somebody to really, I like it. I know I like it. I did it and, and, I, and it means something to me, but if I play it for other people that, you know, are they going to, what if they don't like it or whatever? And then they, you know, it, you have to <laughs> let it they, go. And then they curl up in a ball and shower and make it. <laughs> you have to let it go, it, you know? You know, and it's that, like recordings, the recordings the same way when you record a track at some point, you have to let it go. You, you can always stuff, look right? at it and say, I can do it better, yeah. but maybe yeah. you can't. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, we've had, you and I have, you know, is it done? Is it done? I rely on, I rely on your ears, uh, very much. And you know that, I mean, you, you've, you've got a great set of ears and you catch things that I can't catch. And of course I have my core, uh, people that I will let listen. It's there's three, four people, but you will tell me if I, if, if I'm hanging on too long, you tell me, dude, let it go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to at some point and you know, I'd rather hear a track and I think it's missing in a lot of today's, I don't, you know, I hear pop music because of my, I have a 10 year old and my wife loves pop music. So I do listen to it, but, um, you know, I, I prefer music if it feels good, if there's a mistake in it, but if it feel, if the feel is good, that's more important to me than if there's, you can hear the bass drum pedal squeak or, or if somebody hits a clunk. I mean, some of the best things ever recorded, there's mistakes in them, yeah. but 
you know, they feel great. Yeah. And I think that's partly missing in modern recorded, recorded music today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and with all the electronic crap, um, you know, I think you lose something. I think it loses its soul. I, I just really do. Ulrich and I were talking, I believe, it was, yeah, it was Ulrich and I. Paul, oh, let me record uh, this for you. Paul, I'm going to tie it up. <laughs> uh, but the neat part, you know, we don't have, unless I get on this Mo8 over here and put something on it, I even have, you know, I have my shakers. I still use shakers. I don't use the, the yeah. thing. And you can hear the mistake of the shaker if you really listen close or the tambourine. Yeah. Uh, you know, people that, um, uh, so to go with what you said, yeah, I, I, you know, me, I know, I want everything live. I want a live instrument on everything. Yeah. And I, I just think it brings a different, uh, energy. And speaking of that, I want to go ahead and I'm going to, uh, uh, cut and, uh, play, uh, J E S U S. And, uh, this one starts with a signature, uh, uh, Roger Coors, uh, uh, base run. <laughs> yeah, I apologize for that. <laughs> and the neat thing is, speaking of that, I took this one base run, and he you only did it once, and that's what I love about you, man. You always give me something. I know now it's got to be intentional. You always find that one little quirky thing, and you know I'm going to slice the hell out of that and put it someplace else. Yeah, and it's like everywhere, and I'm like, why did he do that? <laughs> my buddy, uh, now Tony, I'm embarrassed. My buddy Tony Hacker was in here uh, when I was doing that, and his eyes were just his eyes just popped up. He's like, "What are you doing?" And then I got it going from left to right, to right to left. Yeah. To... <laughs> so this is J E S U S. It's doing uh, really, really well for us. Uh, Roger Tiny Coors on the bass and uh, Ituna Joe on the drums and all kinds of goofy stuff happening here. So here you go. Ituna Joe on the drums, Roger Coors on the bass. J-E-S-U-S will be back in three minutes and 52 seconds. Brothers and sisters, let me tell y'all about a man Yeah, brothers and sisters, let me tell you about a not-so-ordinary man He was born in a manger in Bethlehem Sent to be the Savior of all mankind yeah, sent to be the savior of all mankind. Shed his blood on a cross, crucified. In three days he'd rise. We're talking about J E S U S. Yeah, J E S U S. Puts on Jesus in your life, he'll take care of the rest. Talking about J E S U S. Yeah, I'm talking about J E S U S. 
Put some Jesus in your life. He'll take care of the rest. Blow that harp, Leon. No, I was just going to say you're going to play a, maybe play a track off the uh, Fresh Lettuce record at, at the end or something. Yeah, I am uh, definitely going to play a track off Fresh Lettuce. And I, I actually have queued up still here. So when was that track done? What was it? Still here? I don't recognize that. <laughs> you sent it to me, you goofball. <laughs> This is Paul Jones. I'm talking to Roger Tiny Cores, and uh, I don't know why I'm talking to Roger Tiny Cores. I know because I don't remember anything. I, I, I don't no, remember that song. Oh my goodness gracious! Come what did on, it, when did I send that? Oh my God! You sent it to me. You sent it to me uh, a long time ago. <laughs> you sent it to me. Uh, let's see here. I, I'm gonna. I gotta punch it up. Give me a. Give me a second, but, uh, wow, uh, 927 of last year, of 2021, huh. he sent this to me, so, I don't know. <laughs> Still here? Huh? Still here? Still here is what it says. Uh, and I, don't I, I got Daddy's smile. 
Oh, those are probably Ollie's. I did some uh, songs with Ollie Rome. <laughs> okay. Those are Ollie's songs that we recorded during the pandemic, probably. Oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay, great. Not a problem. Another great yeah. songwriter. Really yeah. good songwriter. Yeah, I remember talking to Ollie. What I really would like to spend, and I will on the tail end of this uh, as we go out, uh, play a track off of Fresh Lettuce. I'm going to have to find it. But I, I want to play uh, the Linus and Lucy off the uh, very, Roger the Christmas record. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Off the Christmas record. Is that? That's what's, my, that's what's my. Interest, what's interesting about that is it's all all a bass. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, is what's your favorite? What's your favorite track off, off of that? Uh, I don't know. I'll. I, I like that. I mean, you know, um, I kind of like that. Um, Santa Claus is coming da to town because it starts off with like a Delta blues type of yeah, slide guitar and it goes into a Stax yeah. soul version, you know? Yeah. Um, I'll punch that one up. Uh, I'll punch that one. The Linus and Lucy one. I, I love, I actually, I love them all. The album, is really well put together and uh, uh, just. That was all recorded at home too. Yeah, yeah. It, it. I'm gonna tell you right now, man. The work, some of the stuff that you do in here, you know, you know me. I just, I like to listen in my headphones and. Uh, yeah. You do some really crazy stuff, and that intro sure. on this one that you're talking about, Santa Claus is coming to town, uh, is is awesome. The track's four minutes thirty five seconds. Um, yeah, it's too long. Yeah, it's a it's a long track, but and but the intro is just it almost feels like you're in some sort of spaghetti uh, western or something like that to me. <laughs> you know? I probably was probably was. <laughs> I just don't remember it. I don't remember it. So talking to Roger Tiny Cores, if you go to Meet the Bootleggers, uh, you'll see who I'm talking about, and I'll put you know we have the links to all of Roger's stuff and what he's got going on. His uh, Fresh Lettuce uh, album is spinning in the uh, uh, on the radio station, um, so you'll find that he's got you just talented dude, man. So let me ask you this, man what what uh, what what do you see uh, bootlegger wise next year? What do you think we should do? Uh, play, I mean, play some shows, you know. Um... There's so many different directions we've talked about going. I mean, you know, from the suicide prevention, uh, you know, presentation at, at some churches or schools or whatever. Um, you know. Well, we got, um, we have cool, we have three things, you know, and that's what Roger's talking about. We, we actually have three things we uh, are able to do. We can go and play in a, in a club, uh, at an event, at a fair, a festival, that's great. Um, you know, and that's fun. Then the, what he was talking about, suicide prevention, we've got the program, Music, Mental Health, and Motivation, coming out um, in 2023. I hope to be doing that. And what that looks like is uh, mental health. As many people know, I've done suicide uh, uh, prevention, mental health speaking for years and years and was asked to get back involved. So the program, Music, Mental Health, and Motivation, uh, encompasses all three of those things and have three guys on stage, you know, whether it's just me and Roger or me and Roger and some congas or me and Roger, uh, you know, a, a whole, a whole band. Um, and then the, 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 
really cool component is to go into churches and really testify about our music and uh, yeah. and how it came about. Those I'm really excited about that. Uh, Brother Wayne Maxwell uh, is spearheading getting us in the into those places. Um, so yeah, playing out. I guess that's that's it, right? That's what we got. Yeah, uh, and you know, it seems like when we play anywhere that um, people can, they're not, they get the message in a way that it's not, it's almost subliminal right. in a way, you know, because of the way that you approach it and the song, you know, we play enough uh, songs that are uh, recognizable, but then we throw in the originals that have a little have a spiritual uh, message to them and i think that it's it's a good way to uh pr present it to people mm -hmm. um it seems to work i i personally believe that yeah it does work um you know you and i've talked about it many many times i um, it's it's amazing the amount of people that have come up to us. I don't know if people have come up to you. They've come up to me and went, I really can't believe you just played Christian music in a bar. <laughs> and people dug it. <laughs> yeah. And you got away with it. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know. The, well, the, the, the term Christian music really, I don't know that that really is the right term for, right. for it either. Right. Because it's just music that... Uh, songs that I don't know talk about some form of just spirituality, you know. Right. Um, right. Well, and that's what I tell everybody. It doesn't we, matter we, what we what, have, you, we, what what it doesn't matter what religion or what your belief is. It's it's the message right. can apply to everybody. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. You you have that pretty well said. That's that's because. You know, we've had a, we've struggled hard to explain what it is because we we have gotten, uh, you know, there are people I, I, I think I shared this with you when we played up in uh, uh, Marysville trying to get the uh, country music station to climb on board with us. And they said they went to the website and said, no, they're Christian. And that was a country music radio station. Yeah. <laughs> like, Okie dokie. <laughs> but well, yeah, it, that I think we've got that pretty well figured out now that when you know you have to think about the times that we live in right now and everybody it seems is scared to do anything yeah or don't want to associate themselves with anything they're afraid to take a stand with anything right. you know and that's a problem yeah yeah well and, they, and they're well look man people are afraid to do anything like you just said they're afraid to stand up for themselves they're afraid they'll lose their job they'll lose their this they'll lose the you know and it, yeah. is, it is a shame and uh, uh they don't want uh, people don't want to be associated with certain things and uh, uh but maybe that'll spin back around here but um what what do you what do you got uh for next year like what what kind of tracks you want to produce I don't produce any of them. You do. <laughs> you know, that's I want to play true. on. You some. know, that's not true. You're just you're producing them just as much as I am by putting your ears on it. I I've, I've been thinking uh, jazz and blues. 
Uh, yeah, that's always going, uh, going fun and medium. Yeah, going yeah. heavy jazz and blues next year. So, yeah. Uh, you feel good about that? <laughs> yeah, it depends on the kind of jazz. I mean, you know. you. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, blues and R&B is, is, you know, you can't be. Can you play jazz with a capo? <laughs> uh, no. No, you can't. So I'm going to have to learn some of those L minors and, and D, D, yeah. D, G, D, G, whatever. You might be is. able to get away with it on the guitar, <laughs> on that guitar. Uh, which, but not on that sousaphone you play. <laughs> the sousaphone. Yeah. Well, that's, that's very true. I've been talking to Roger tiny cores here. It's uh, 9:50 AM, uh, Eastern standard time on 12, 14, 2022. Uh, Roger, I do want to ask you, how is your uh, lovely Loretta doing? Uh, is, is She's doing good? much, much better. Um, we're very blessed that we had so many prayers for her and her health. Is, you know, after COVID, we had COVID bad a year ago at Thanksgiving and it affected her heart. Uh, but with good help from the staff of the heart failure clinic, we've got her taken care of and she's doing good yeah she's a lovely woman and our prayers keep keep saying the prayers for loretta and obviously uh rock how is how is he uh doing getting ready for all excited about christmas yeah he's he you know like any 10 year old he's ready to get out of school <laughs> he's got got a birthday coming up sunday yep he shared be so 11 years old be 11 years old roger roger has an 11 year old son. Yeah. <laughs> Don't laugh. Uh, I am laughing. It is possible. <laughs> it is possible. Some of the time they swim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of the time they swim. Uh, that's cool, man. Roger, I can't thank you enough for uh, coming on. I want to be really respectful of your time. I know you got uh, uh, some things happening uh, this morning. And uh, any final, any final words? Yeah, let's just keep doing what we're doing, and and uh, you know you gotta you gotta follow a path, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we're gonna keep, you got you got to keep at it. Yeah, we're gonna keep doing what we're doing. That's for sure, my brother. And uh, I'm very blessed to have you. And uh, we'll get you back on here, and uh, we need to get a day where we can get everybody on one. And yeah, uh, yeah, that, that'd be a lot of fun. You know, if I could if I could uh, rustle up. Uh, you know, 15, 20, 20 of the players and uh, yeah. just put together the tracks that they played on. You know what I mean? And uh, Yeah, we could be like the Brady Bunch or something. You know? <laughs> the dysfunctional Brady Bunch. That's yeah. we, that's we might need to, uh, we'll do a side band, you know, kind of like uh, Nelson <laughs> and those, Willie Nelson, those guys do. The dysfunctional Bradys. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, I'm going to take us out of here with uh, uh, Linus and uh, Lucy. I'm going to ask you, shoot me over that fresh lettuce again. Put that up in the uh, folder. I, I cannot find where I put it. And I'll play some of those during the second hour as well. Can you go on YouTube and just play it off of that? I cannot. Uh, oh, okay. I, 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 well, I might be able to. Yeah, with the Zoom uh, ended, I might be able to. So I've been talking to Roger Tiny Coors. It's Paul Jones. It's uh, 9.53 a.m. I'm with you till about 11 a.m. And uh, I'm going to spin uh, Linus and Lucy off the track. I think that's the one I got. No, I'm gonna, I want to do the uh, Santa Claus is coming to town first. So Roger Tiny Coors, thanks for joining me. I do appreciate it. God bless you, man. I love you. Same to you, brother. All right, man.
Be good. All right. Here we go.